0: Hey, good morning, everybody. This is Nicole Greer, the Vibrant Coach, and I am coming to you from nothing other than Lakeside here at Lake Norman, North Carolina, and it is going to be another sport for today. So we have had 90-degree heat for about, I don't know, 10 days now or so, and so I am inside tucked away, grateful for air conditioning, and I am excited to talk to you this morning about... This idea of the Myers Briggs type indicator, and so if you are tuning into this show for the first time, you might want to go back in the archives and listen to my two previous shows, where I talked about the first two dichotomies of the MBTI. So let's just talk for a second about the Myers Briggs type indicator. First of all, this. It's just simply a tool uh, to do some self-assessment. And as many of you know, I have a coaching methodology that helps us do a little self-coaching, and it is SHINE. And so the first letter in SHINE is S, which stands for self-assessment. And self-assessment is absolutely huge. You cannot, go you know, your best place to perform in the world, your calling, your vocation, your strength. If you do not stop, slow down. And self-assessment really is not like this kind of um, navel-gazing kind of thing, narcissistic, but it is actually uh, work that I just wish everybody on planet Earth would do. Uh, Just imagine a world where everybody knew what their strengths were. We're working to make them stronger and then figured out how they fit in with what's going on in the world, the causes, the problems, the issues, the opportunities, the the things that we could get done if we knew, uh, you know, what was going on with us, right? So you got to do this U, as I like to call it, U101 work. So the Myers-Briggs type indicator is not really a, a personality tool, but it's really a preference tool. So it gives us some ideas about, you know, how we move in the world and what our preferences are. And when we understand that, we can kind of figure out, okay, so if, you know, I'm an extrovert, you know, what does that mean for me? It means that, you know, I need to be out around people, right? Um, And so then we have people who are intuitive or, or sensing, right? That's the second dichotomy. And in that dichotomy, you know, those people are folks that can either gather the facts In the environment are those who can kind of read between the lines and sense kind of what's going on. So uh, those are the folks that are intuitive. So they're both out there sensing, but one is doing it through facts and figures, which is level sensing, and one is doing it intuitively, uh, which is doing it more kind of with that gut feeling, looking for clues and patterns and, and kind of putting everything together in a way that is gathering a conclusion from the environment. So those are the first two dichotomies. Go listen to those. And today I'm going to talk about the third dichotomy, which is feeling versus thinking. And so you kind of have to think in your mind's eye about kind of a scale. And so on the far left would be feeling and on the far right would be thinking. And this scale is a scale that helps us look at how do I make decisions. So when I come into, you know, a situation – And I have to choose, I have to decide, I'm going to either be stronger, I'm going to have a preference for feeling my way through the decision, or I'm going to have a preference for thinking my way through the decision. So. If you take the Myers-Briggs and if you'll email me at Nicole at the com, I've got a link where you can go out to a website and take a free um, Myers-Briggs that will work just perfectly. And you take that assessment and you'll kind of figure out whether you're feeling or thinking. But, again, it is a scale. So some of us are very strong feelers or very strong thinkers, or some of us might, you know, fall out more towards the middle uh, depending, um, you know, like on how we're hardwired, what our preferences are. So let's kind of just dig in here a little bit and think about feeling and thinking. So if you are somebody who makes their decisions and their choices based primarily on feeling, your your ideal or your preference is that you really want to make your decisions based on the humans that are involved. So human considerations are huge. So let's say we're going to have to make a decision um, about, you know, spending money, right? So this is this is a very, very big thing for people. Money is a huge energy. That's actually the E in the shine cooking methodology, energy, and money is one of those energies. And um, So let's say we're going to decide what to do with the money. Uh, people who have a feeling preference are going to kind of listen to their heart. You so know, should I spend this money or should I not spend this money? What does my heart tell me? You know, like how is love related to this money I'm about to spend? Uh, They're very concerned about how their choices and decisions will affect others. And so it's like if I spend this money, you know, will people be happy or will people be sad if I spend this money? Uh, They see life as a human experience. And so it is more about, you know, living, you know, life to the fullest Um, and, you know, bringing in uh, different experiences and having emotions play a part. So, you know, if you are going to spend some money, it's like, you know, okay, so will it be worth it? Will I have a great human experience? Will this really edify my life and add to, you know, the stories I have to tell? Will it uh, build up, you know, the value of my life from an experiential point of view? Also, people that are feeling that preference um think that material things are less important than acquired experiences. For example, uh if given the choice to take a trip to Paris or to, you know, uh buy uh, you know, a new material item, like for example, a new television, uh, this person with the feeling preference is going to say, you know, I'm gonna take this um, you know, one thousand dollars and I'm going to buy a plane ticket to Paris although, you know, you can only do that once in life, and you can't hang your trip to Paris, you know, on the way we experience it and take a really great picture of the Eiffel Tower and stick it on the wall. You could do that, but it's just not the same as being at the Eiffel Tower. Hello. But, you know, other people who have a uh, thinking preference might decide, you know, that would be frivolous. What I'll do is I'll buy a beautiful television set, I'll hang it on the wall, and I'll watch Anthony Bourdain go to Paris. So it just kind of depends how you're looking at things. So they're all about acquiring experiences that have the feeling preference. The other thing, too, is that they are really, really big on harmony. So when they go to make a decision, you know, they are definitely going, you know, how is this going to affect my children, my husband, my spouse, my friends, my mother, my father, you know, my community. And so they're always going to take that into consideration uh, in the process. Now, the folks that have a thinking preference, um, they kind of come at it from a different uh, perspective. You know, they make choices and decisions, and they really use their logic. And so they are very much into the black and white thinking where the feeling piece is going to consider, you know, that gray area. Uh, Thinkers uh, kind of, you know, put their their mind in place where they, they say, like, a decision is a decision. And oftentimes, you know, they can get themselves a little bit sideways um, with the fact that, you know, if they don't get all of their logic in place or don't have all the facts, a lot of times they'll make a decision, but then this new piece of information will show up and all of a sudden, you know, maybe their decision wasn't that logical, but sometimes they will just dig in and be stubborn and say a decision is a decision. And at the same time, the folks that have a feeling preference you know may allow a feeling to cloud something that is very, very logical, like they might put a relationship before you know um you know a fact that could be very, very important to the decision, so both the feeling type and the thinking type can get clouded you know even though you know clarity is the goal of decision making right. So we've got to really stop and look and see what our preferences are. Uh, do that self-assessment. The other thing about thinking types is that they are all about using clear rules. So if you're going to give a thinking type, uh, you know, a decision to make, especially at work, it's very important that you lay out, like, ground rules or even, like, if you have your child, right, and that you you have figured out this child is very logical, okay, and they think things through, um, they really really thrive in an environment where you have your rules and parameters and structures to work within because then it's very easy for the logic to kick in. So we've got these two different preferences. One is where I'm going to look at things through this human perspective and thinking where I'm going to look through this very factual linear process. So both Can be very very valuable, and of course, both can be clouded, like I said. So you need to figure out which preference you have, and then, like I always like to say, step back and have this like, out of body experience and kind of watch and look. So here's the exercise that I have for you this week: Um, do the Myers Briggs. If you haven't done that, you need to do that. Email me and get it to you, and then you'll get your results. And then I want you to stop, and I want you to think about the last three decisions, okay, pretty significant decisions that you have made perhaps just maybe in the last month. And you might be like, decisions? What decisions? Well, I will tell you, you you make lots of decisions every single day, even just, you know, like what you're going to have for lunch is a big deal, right? So you're making a decision there. So, you know, that's kind of one of my Achilles heels, you know, I love to eat, love to cook, love the whole idea of socializing around food and breaking bread. Uh, So that's a huge thing for me. And I will tell you, in my mind, logically, I know that I need to, you know, not go out to lunch today. I need to sit and work at my desk, right? But then the phone rings and there's another human on the phone and it's like, hey, come to lunch. I might throw logic out the window and feel like I need to go to lunch because my uh, preference is really towards the middle. So I wrestle with feeling and thinking all the time. And so what I'm trying to say about having this out-of-body experience is that it is so important to step back and say, okay, I've got these two preferences working inside of me, and really, which one uh, needs to win? So, you know, it's really observing your own behavior. Wouldn't it be amazing if everybody observed their behavior and, like, got a clue that, like, hello, your behavior is affecting me and then it affects my behavior, which affects everybody else's behavior? I mean, this is why communities are either very healthy or very very sick. So, you know, we've got to stop and slow down and look how we're showing up. All right. Now, let me just give you some few tips. Um your exercise. So when you're doing your exercise, I want you to go through and say, you know, these are these are three different decisions I made. And then I want you to kind of look at uh, one side, you know, which is, you know, who were the humans involved? How was I feeling when I made this decision? What were the things I, w- I, I was experiencing, you know, kind of like from a stress level, um, from a human interaction level? Then I want you to look on the other side and say, what were the facts? about this decision, and did I, you know, even-handedly handle this decision? So just kind of looking back, doing a retrospective perspective is huge uh, because that wakes you up, gets you conscious, gets you, you know, uh, in this state where, like, oh, I know I'm alive, uh, I know that um, that I'm awake, but I need to be alert to kind of how I'm making my decision. And this can make you very, very strong Uh, In fact, if you can learn to articulate, this is how I feel about it. These are the humans involved, but here are the... uh, This has a very balanced approach to all of your choices and your decision-making. So I want you to do that exercise. Um, So, you know, the other side of this is that, you know, when we have a preference, and it's one way, we oftentimes work with people who have a preference that is the opposite. So personally... Like I said, I'm in the middle, but when I take the Myers-Briggs, I come up uh, with an F. So I am more about the human, right? So if you were going to work with Nicole Greer and you were, you know, wanting to make sure we had a good collaboration, uh, feeling types prefer that you use tact, uh, that you use a little social, you know, woo in the process, you know, like make it fun. And, uh, and, that you know, that we, we figure out what our values are um, up front and we operate out of those, and that feels good. Now, on the flip side, if you have somebody that you're working with that is a thinking type, they're all about logic. You know, it's very important to get the tasks lined out, uh, seek to create clear value, and then, of course, make sure that your uh, business interactions are brief uh, and business like. You know, they just want to go through the facts, get stuff done, check off their to-do list. So these these are the two uh, different sides of the coin in the third dichotomy of the Myers Briggs. Uh, this is Nicole Greer. I hope you've enjoyed this today. If you have questions, I'd like to bring this training to your team, Vibrant Types. I'm sure I'll help you do that. You can check me out at www.thevibrantcoach.com. And don't forget on August 21st, Friday, we're going to have the Shine Retreat up at the Statesville Retreat in Statesville, North Carolina. So uh, check me out on the website there and sign up for that. Listen, y'all cool, and have a vibrant weekend.